Welcome to Jat Chat presented by the Journal of Athletic Training, the official journal of the National Athletic Trainers Association. I'm Dr. Kara Radzak, an associate professor at the School of Integrated Health Sciences at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, and your host. Today, I am joined by the lead author on the manuscript, Social Determinants of Health, Considerations for Athletic Healthcare, Dr. Kelsey Pika. Dr. Pika is an assistant professor in the Department of Interdisciplinary Health Sciences at A.T. Still University, and she is the 2022 National Distinction Award winner from the NATA's Career Advancement Committee. Kelsey, thank you so much for taking your time to speak with me today, and congratulations again on your award. Thank you, and thank you for having me. So this um, this manuscript is not an original research manuscript, um, but it is a incredibly important document that we wanted to highlight in today's chat chat. So what sparked your interest in the topic of social determinants of health? Great question. Um, this actually came about like many other projects do from another project. Um, we had a student who was working um, clinically on a a reservation, and she had a lot of questions related to their access to healthcare. Um, some, in some cases, some of the, her patients were living in food deserts, and so that really sparked the question related to more globally about health inequalities and what contributes to health inequalities. And that's what really led us to um, structural inequalities and social determinants of health. And as we learned more globally. Um, other healthcare professionals are paying attention to social determinants of health and integrating it into their health systems. And we realized that there wasn't as much out there for athletic trainers about social determinants of health. And so that's kind of where, where this manuscript ended up coming from. And you guys do a great job of um, outlining many of the terms and you've got a really great table in there that surrounds the different terminology and the topic. And you already threw one out that people might not be um, as familiar with a food desert. So can you define what is a food desert and kind of all, some of the other social determinants of health language? Sure. Um, well, so for food deserts specifically um, in, in this case, uh, it's access to healthy and nutritious food. So some cities, neighborhoods, they don't have a grocery store with access to fresh vegetables, fresh fruits. Um, a lot of those places have access to fast food. Um, that doesn't really allow for healthier options and choices. Um, and so based on where you live really plays a role into what you have access to in terms of those food choices. Um, so that's, that's one example. Um, but what other terminology would yeah. like to touch on? Yeah. Can you just start off by defining what are the social determinants of health? Absolutely. The World Health Organization defines them as the conditions in which we as individuals live, learn, work, play, and grow. And so they're they're what surround us on a daily basis. They are what allow us to make certain choices about uh, where we go to school or where we work, what transportation we take, um, to name a few. And how does this differ from structural inequalities? Great question. Now, those two are very interconnected and intertwined. However, um, 
to be specific in terms of structural inequalities, they those are very deeply woven into society and reflect systematic disadvantages. So structural inequalities, they occur um, within organizations, institutions, um, our social networks, and they that contain an embedded bias that produces advantages for certain members and marginalizes or produces disadvantages for other members. So um, t- more tangible examples would be like sexism and classism. Mm-hmm. So let's go back to social determinants of health. How um, does social determinants of health play an impact on overall athlete health? Great question. So we're trying to determine more of, we're really trying to get at that question. That's that's my goal of the work that I'm doing. Um, globally, social determinants of health been, have been found to matter more to patient outcomes than the healthcare we provide. So although our athletes, we're assuming, are physically capable of participating, there's benefits to participating in sport, um, there's, our athletes are still going to be impacted by education, the housing environments that they live in, their social support, um, their neighborhood health and safety. All of those are going to still play a role and impact our patients within the healthcare realm, but we just haven't dove into that yet as much. And so that's kind of my goal of my work um, moving forward is to try to identify what those social determinants of health look like within our patient populations that we as athletic trainers treat. Um, I think it's really important that we're paying attention to these as athletic trainers, because in some cases we are their first access to the healthcare system. We might be their only access to the healthcare system. And so if we're not paying attention to social determinants of health, we're doing a disservice to our patients' health and well-being. You guys provide a really great analogy, that fishbowl analogy in the paper. Can you walk us through the the fishbowl analogy? Absolutely. And now I can't take credit for the fishbowl analogy or example. Um, Authors, uh, Keys and Galilee, I think it was in 2000, 16, they actually use this analogy and describe um, an individual and the conditions in which one lives as the the fishbowl example. And so if a fish lives in a dirty, cracked fishbowl, if they're not getting fed every day, it doesn't matter what that fish does to promote or um, the choices they make to improve their health, they're not going to reach optimal health potential because the conditions that surround their choices and their daily life isn't going to allow for that op- optimal health to occur. So I always think about it as um, when I was treating patients, I can I can provide the cleanest, prettiest fishbowl. I can feed my patients. I can do everything to create an optimal environment for them to thrive. Mm-hmm. But if I send them back to a dirty fishbowl, again, that's cracked, but they don't get fed, they're not going to reach that op- optimal health potential. They're not going to be the best that they possibly can in terms of their health outcomes when the conditions that they're sleeping in or you know, their neighborhood conditions aren't, aren't safe or aren't promoting health. 
we see, we're seeing so much research coming out now about the benefits of sleep and how sleep plays a role and nutrition plays a role in, in healing. And so really you're talking about the, the impact that all of the other surrounding things have on the athlete's inability to get those critical aspects. How much of a role does do social determinants of health play in the overall health outcomes? So research has found that social determinants of health account for about 50% of the um, negative modifiable factors that contribute to health. Mm-hmm. Um, so as I mentioned earlier, they, they matter more than the healthcare we provide. And that that healthcare we provide has only been found to account for about 10 to 15% of health outcomes. So again, we can do the best job. We can be the best athletic trainer and provide the best healthcare. But if we're not paying attention to that 50%, that is, that's modifiable. Um, but those healthcare factors or those factors, social determinants of health, we're going to be missing, missing the boat. We're not accounting for things that, that are really playing a role into to health outcomes. How does health literacy come into play? Health literacy is considered a social determinant of health. Um, if our patients aren't understanding their condition, if they don't understand or are able to process how to navigate the health system, they're probably not going to ever get to the care that they actually need. Um, we could spend all day on health literacy <laughs> if we wanted. I'm talking about, you know, go ahead. I was going to say that's something that we as athletic trainers can actually start implementing and improving a patient's health literacy. Absolutely. And I I think many of us out there already do a pretty good job of um, mitigating health literacy when it's negatively influencing our patient health. For example, how many of us out there are um, scheduling appointments for our patients? Mm-hmm. That takes out them having to navigate, well, who do I call? When do I, when can I set up an appointment? How does my insurance work? We we do a lot of that, uh, which I think is great. Now, I think athletic trainers need to continue educating their patients about their bodies, about their health, uh, about navigating the healthcare system. It's one thing to just to do it for them, but at some point they're going to leave your care and they're going to need to be able to navigate the, the healthcare system themselves. And so, don't just do it for them. Help them through the process. Make them do it. Show them where the phone numbers are. Tell them who to talk to. The other piece of this is allowing them or advocating for them to advocate for themselves. If they've got questions, they need to be able to ask because you're not always going to be there. And again, we do a good job of that if we're sitting there listening and we're able to explain to, to our patients what's going on and how to navigate, but they need to be able to feel confident enough to ask the questions if they don't understand something. Um, so I think this is one area that athletic trainers, we've probably done a very good job up till now to mitigate, but we can still continue to, to help and um, promote health literacy with our patients. Can you discuss the link between general education and health as well? Yeah, um, there's an abundance of research out there that shows the link and the relationship between education and health. 
there is a positive association between education and health, meaning that those with education tend to report better health outcomes. They live longer. They are um, more satisfied with their job. They have better positions within um, the job field, whereas those with poor education tend to report less um, worse health outcomes. They tend to have lower life expectancy. They're less satisfied at their job positions. So there is a lot out there to link the two. So what are some ways that athletic trainers can be advocates in this, ha- in this area of social determinants of health? I actually believe we're advocates um, for social determinants of health, even though sometimes I don't think we probably put that name um, necessarily to what we do. But um, specifically, um, thinking about the paper and the suggestions we made there, we have to understand what social determinants of health are. And then how are those social determinants of health influencing our patient populations? Now, we provided a bunch of examples and whatnot in the paper, but being within your setting, you have to understand what the patients in your setting are um, experiencing related to social determinants of health. And so once you understand what your patient patients are potentially suffering from, that's when you can really start to be an advocate for them. Um, again, in the paper, I mean, there are certain social determinants of health that are going to be more difficult for us as healthcare providers to to do anything about. We can't remove people from their homes. However, we can advocate for safer living environments or um, we can provide resources to food banks or whatever it happens to be that your patients seem to um, be the the social determinants of health that are negatively influencing their health. Um, First, we have to understand, we've got to figure out what those are and then what resources do we have access to that we can steer our patients towards. What moves do you see from an overarching profession or athletic training education to increase knowledge and advocacy in this, in this realm? I mean, I think this is a great start. Um, we, there's a lot of research going on in this area. So being able to continue that work is going to be huge. The um, athletic trainers that are practicing out there, their involvement in research, when asked, is going to be huge related to social determinants of health. We need practicing athletic trainers to participate. Um, Promotion of social determinants of health for CEU topics. Um, And then within education, um, they've been incorporated. Social determinants of health, health literacy are now within the KD standard, so we have to teach them. Um, and so as a profession, being able to provide resources to those educators who are teaching um, social determinants of health, I think is going to be crucial as well. Um, if those educators aren't comfortable with the topic of social determinants of health, they're likely going to probably not do it justice. So providing resources for educators as well Um, I think it's going to be huge. Um, What are some good uh, sources, routes to learn more about this? 
Great question. I think there's actually, I think, a couple of committees that are currently working on this within the NATA. Um, I serve on the EAC and we're trying to create this toolkit for educators to provide some of those resources that you're asking about. Mm-hmm. The World Health Organization and the CDC provide um, general knowledge about social determinants of health, what they are, what their impact on health is. Um, for anyone, I think that's a great starting point, those two resources. Um, that, that is where I would start if I were, again, beginning in this in this content area. Does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. What, what in this area, whether it's research or advocacy that you see going on, makes you excited and hopeful? Um, <laughs> I'm excited for all of it, I'll be honest. Um, I just think... If we're paying attention to these things, we have an, a huge opportunity to provide better care, not even better care, but um, promote the health and well-being of all patients um, out there. And so um, I love the work that I'm doing related to research. Um, I think uh, some of the projects I'm currently working on and working I'm, I'm working with the way participants are athletic trainers, and they um, have even a you know, send me emails and they're appreciative of the opportunity to be in the study because they've been able to identify places that their patients need help or their patients, um, you know, are suffering from these negative influence of social determinants of health. And so um, being able to provide some more answers and hopefully ultimately um, resources for all athletic trainers to better treat or care for their patients, that's what gets me excited, um, is that opportunity to fill some of the gaps um, moving forward. And in your work with this and your work with um, other athletic trainers who are really kind of focusing on this, have you heard of uh, creative ways to help the patients or anything like that? Um. Any athletic trainers that are doing a really great job of incorporating this into their practice? So that I haven't dug into necessarily as much. Um, we incorporated here at AT Cell an educational technique, and that actually was probably that's the foundation for one of the studies I'm currently working on. Um, but we just had we presented social determinants of health to our, to our students, and then we had them um, reflect and record their observations. Of social determinants of health in their practice that they they perceived to be influencing their patients' health, um, and that actually kind of um, when we brought the students back to discuss that kind of blew up in the students like put together action items that they were going to act on to mitigate what they were seeing in their practice. One of my students. Um, social media was huge for her patient population. And she was finding that her, her patients weren't getting to the athletic training facility during hours or operation and they were missing each other. So she ended up creating a social media account for the athletic training facility to post hours daily. I'm going to be here at this time. And that improved the disconnect between when she was there and when her patients needed, needed to see her or wanted to see her. They just, logged onto their social media account and were able to access the hours that way. And so she used what she was seeing 
her patients use in her practice to improve that communication between the two of them. So they don't have to be groundbreaking things, small steps. Absolutely. Um, And again, it, it depends on what you're seeing within your patients and your practice. I mean, there are athletic trainers out there that are providing snacks to their athletes that are coming into the athletic training room hungry before they go out to the field. If our athletes are depleted of energy before they even go out to the field, that's going to put them at a higher risk for injury. So snacks, if, if the finances are there, if you can provide a snack, if that's what your patients need, that's a fairly small thing um, that can be done. Um, it doesn't have to be groundbreaking by any means. We just got to figure out what the needs are and meet our patients there. Um, I know sometimes easier said than done, but um, I think we're doing some of these things already. Transportation. I mean, how often do athletic trainers provide transportation to and from medical appointments? That's huge. Yeah. Transportation is a huge barrier to healthcare. We do some of that already. Mm-hmm. Now, when we leave our care, Hopefully we, we've given them resources as well um, to kind of navigate that. But we do a lot of that already. So what are some first steps if somebody's listening today and they want to learn more or they want to start making an impact? Um, what are some good first steps for people to take? First step, do you understand what social determinants of health are and patients you're serving, what are the social determinants of health that might be negatively impacting them in their care? You can observe them. We're finding that athletic trainers are fully capable of observing these. We do, we do this, but now continue the conversation with your patient. Ask them questions. Some questions might be harder to ask than others, and there are actually surveys, um, toolkits, questionnaires out there that, um, If you don't know what to ask, Mm -hmm. those will give you a list of questions to ask. Or you can just say, hey, can you fill this out? I've got some questions and I just want to make sure I'm I'm providing the care that the best care possible for what needs that you have. Um, Or, again, based on that survey, continue the conversation, ask the questions. Um, And from there, that's going to provide quite a bit of information to figure out what resources one, can you provide, or two, do you have to seek out to maybe guide them in the right direction? So personal knowledge and education first, see what you're observing in your practice, and then confirm with your patients that you're observing the correct correctly, I guess. Um, and then you'll have an abundance of information to hopefully act on from there. Perfect. Um Is there anything else that you kind of, as we wrap up, you want to to get across to people, Um, anybody who hasn't necessarily read the manuscript yet? What's your kind of parting words for us? Well, okay. So when I started, this was a little bit overwhelming, right? That's a social determinants of health is a big concept. There's a lot to consider and think about. you know, even writing this manuscript and having reviewer comments come back, like, I mean, this could have been another 30 pages. <laughs> um, there's a lot out there, but baby steps, right? Um, read the manuscript or don't read the manuscript, but figure out what social determinants of health are. Um, they can positively and negatively influence patient health. 
But you as a healthcare provider with the knowledge you have already, you have the ability to make a difference. Even if it's, again, small baby steps, that can make a huge different difference um, in your patient health outcomes. So although this topic might seem to be a little bit overwhelming, don't let it be overwhelming. Um, educate yourself and, and baby steps. Ask questions when you have them, whether it's to your patients, your coworkers, other healthcare providers, there are things that we can do to improve our patient health related to social determinants of health. It doesn't have to be as scary of a topic as it might seem. Yes, that would be the take home message. Perfect. Thank you so much. And I strongly encourage, especially the table was, is a great resource because I know a lot of times these words get thrown out there and it's hard to keep them all straight sometimes, but the table did a really great job of outlining um, terms that you might've heard, but don't really know. Um, just reviewing. So thank you guys um, to you and your author group for, for taking on this challenge. Again, I greatly appreciate you taking out your time, Dr. Pika, to meet with me today. And thank you again. Of course. Thank you for having me.